0: RUNO 39 OF KALEVALA, THE LAND OF THE HEROES BY ELIAS LUNROT TRANSLATED BY WILLIAM FORSELL Kirby, 1844-1912 to THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN RECORDING BY EXPATRIATE IN BANGOR, MAINE RUNO 39 THE EXPEDITION AGAINST POIOLA ARGUMENT vainamoinen PERSUADES ILMARINEN TO GO WITH HIM TO POIOLA to bring away the sampo ilmarinen consents and the heroes start off on their journey in a boat lemminkainen hails them from the shore and on hearing where they are going proposes to join them and is accepted as a third comrade Vainamoinen, old and steadfast uttered then the words which follow o thou smith o ilmarinen unto we will travel and will seize this splendid sampo and behold its pictured cover thereupon smith ilmarinen answered in the words which follow no we cannot seize the sampo cannot bring the pictured cover from the gloomy land of Poya, sariola forever misty there the sampo has been carried and removed the pictured cover unto pollola's stone mountain and within the hill of copper there by nine locks is it fastened and three roots have sprouted from it firmly fixed nine fathoms deeply in the earth the first is rooted by the water's edge the second and the third within the home-hill said the aged vinminen o thou smith my dearest brother unto pohjola we'll travel and will carry off the sampo let us build a ship enormous fit to carry off the sampo and convey the pictured cover forth from pohjola's stone mountain from within the hill of copper and the ninefold locks that hold it said the smith said ilmarinen safest is by land the journey lempo on the lake is brooding death upon its mighty surface and the wind might drive us onward and the tempest might o'erturn us we might have to row with fingers and to use our hands for steering said the aged Vainamoinen, safest is by land the journey safest but the most fatiguing and moreover full of windings pleasant tis in boat on water swaying as the boat glides onward gliding o'er the sparkling water driving o'er its shining surface while the wind the boat is rocking and the waves drive on the vessel while the west wind rocks it gently and the south wind drives it onward but let this be as it may be if you do not like the lake voyage we by land can journey thither and along the shore can journey first a new sword do you forge me make me now a keen-edged weapon so that i with beasts can struggle chase away the folks of Poya. forth i go to seize the sampo from the cold and dismal village from the gloomy land of Poya, sariola forever misty thereupon smith ilmarina and he the great primeval craftsman cast some iron in the fire steel upon the glowing charcoal and of gold he took a handful and of silver took a handful set the slaves to work the bellows and he made the laborers press them worked the slaves the bellows strongly well the laborers pressed the bellows till like soup spread out the iron and like dough the steel was yielding and the silver shone like water, and the gold swelled up like billows. Thereupon Smith Ilmarina and he, the great primeval craftsman, stooped to look into the furnace at the edges of the bellows, and he saw a sword was forming, with a hilt of gold constructed. From the fire he took the weapon, took the work so finely fashioned, from the furnace to the anvil, to the hammer and the mallet, forged the sword as he would wish it, and a blade the best of any, and with finest gold inlaid it, and with silver he adorned it. Heinemoynen, old and steadfast, entered then to view the weapon, and he found a keen-edged sword-blade, straightway in his hand he raised it, and he turned it and surveyed it, and he spoke the words which follow, Does this sword befit a hero? Is the sword to bearer suited? And the sword the hero suited. Well did it befit the bearer, on its point the moon was shining on its side the sun was shining on the half the stars were gleaming at the tip a horse was neighing on the knob a cat was mewing on the sheath a dog was barking after this a sword he brandished and he cleft an iron mountain and he spoke the words which follow thus with such a blade as this is can i cleave the mountains open cleave the rocky hills asunder after this did ilmarinen speak aloud the words which follow how shall i myself unhappy how shall i the weak defend me and shall armour me and belt me gainst the risks of land and water shall i clothe myself in armour in a coat of mail the strongest gird a belt of steel around me stronger is a man in armour in a coat of mail is better with a belt of steel more mighty then arrived the time for starting and preparing for departure. First the aged Vainamoinen, secondly Smith Ilmarinen, and they went to seek the courser and to find the yellow maned one and the one year old to bridle and to see the foal was rough shod. Then they went to seek the courser, went to seek him in the forest, and they gazed around them keenly and they sought around the blue wood found the horse among the bushes, found the yellow maned in firwood. Wainamoinen, old and steadfast, secondly, smith Ilmarinen, on his head the bit adjusted, and the one-year-old they bridled, and they drove upon their journey. On the shore drove both the heroes, on the shore they heard lamenting, from the haven heard complaining. Then the aged Wainamoinen spoke aloud the words which follow. Perhaps it is a girl complaining, or perchance a dove lamenting shall we go to look about us shall we nearer go to listen therefore to the spot they sauntered nearer went to gaze around them but no maiden there was weeping and no dove was there lamenting but they found a vessel weeping and a boat was there lamenting said the aged vinminen as he went towards the vessel wherefore weep o wooden vessel boat with rowlocks why lamentest Dost thou weep that thou art clumsy, and art dreaming at thy moorings? Then the wooden boat made answer, thus replied the boat with rowlocks: No, a vessel longs for water, and its tarry sides desire it, As a maiden may be longing for the fine home of a husband. Therefore weeps the boat unhappy, and the hapless boat lamenteth, And I weep to speed through water, and to float upon the billows it was said when i was fashioned when my boards were sung together that i should become a warship and should be employed for war-boat and should bear the plunder homeward In my hold should carry treasure but i have not been in battle neither have been stored with plunder other boats and even bad ones always wander forth to battle and are led to battle struggle three times in the course of summer and return with money loaded in their hold they carry treasure but for me though well constructed of a hundred boards constructed here upon my rests i'm rotting lying idly at my moorings and the worst worms of the country underneath my ribs are lurking while the birds of all most horrid in my masts their nests are building all the toads from out the forest over all my deck are leaping Twice it had been better for me, two or three times were it better had I been a mountain pine tree, or upon the heath a fir tree, with a squirrel in my branches, underneath my boughs a puppy. and old and steadfast, answered in the words which follow Do not weep, O wooden vessel, fret thyself, O boat with rowlocks. Soon shalt thou go forth to battle, there to mix in furious conflict boat who wast by builder fashioned t'was this gift the builder gave thee that thy prow should reach the water and thy sides the billows traverse even though no hand should touch thee neither arm be thrust against thee though no shoulder should direct thee and although no arm should guide thee then replied the wooden vessel answered thus the boat with rowlocks none of all my race so mighty neither will the boats my brothers move unpushed into the water nor unrowed upon the billows if no hand is laid upon us and no arm should urge us forward said the aged vinminen if i push you in the water will you make unroad your journey unassisted by the oars by the rudder undirected when the sails no breezes filling answer made the wooden vessel thus replied the boat with rowlocks none of all my race so noble nor the host of other vessels speed along unrowed by fingers unassisted by the oars by the rudder undirected when the sails no breeze is filling Vainamoinen, old and steadfast answered in the words which follow can you speed if someone rows you if assisted by the oars by the rudder if directed when the sails the breeze is filling answered then the wooden vessel thus replied the boat with rowlocks yes my race would hasten onward all the other boats my brothers speed along if rowed by fingers if assisted by the oars by the rudder if directed when the sails the breeze is filling then the aged vinminen left his horse upon the sand-hills on a tree he fixed the halter tied the reins upon the branches pushed the boat into the water sang the vessel in the billows and he asked the wooden vessel and he spoke the words which follow o thou boat of shape so curving o thou wooden boat with rowlocks art thou just as fit to bear us as thyself art fair to gaze on answered thus the wooden vessel thus replied the boat with rowlocks i am fitted well to bear you and my floor is very spacious and a hundred men might row me and a thousand others stand there so the aged vinminen softly then began to carol sang on one side of the vessel handsome youths with hair brushed smoothly hair smoothed down and hands all hardened and their feet were finely booted sang on other side of vessel girls with tin upon their headdress headdress tin and belts of copper golden rings upon their fingers and again sang vinminen till the seats were full of people some were very aged people men whose lives were nearly over but for these the space was scanty for the young folks came before them in the stern himself he seated sat behind the birch-wood vessel and he steered the vessel onward and he spoke the words which follow speed thou on through treeless regions o'er the wide expanse of water o'er the lake do thou float lightly as on waves a water-lily Then he set the youths to rowing, but he left the maidens resting, rowed the youths and bent the oars, yet the vessel moved not onward. Then he set the girls to rowing, but he left the youths reposing, rowed the girls and bent their fingers, yet the vessel moved not onward. Then the old folks set to rowing, while the young folks gazed upon them, rowed they till their heads were shaking, still the vessel moved not onward thereupon smith ilmarinen sat him down and set to rowing now moved on the wooden vessel sped the boat and made good progress far was heard the splash of oars far the splashing of the rudder on he rowed while splashed the water cracked the seats and shook the planking clashed the mountain ashwood oars creak like hazel grouse the rudders and their tips like cry of blackcock like a swan the prow clove onward croaked the stern as croaks a raven hissed the rowlocks just as geese hiss and the aged vinminen steered the vessel quickly onward from the stern of the red vessel with the aid of the strong rudder till they saw a cliff before them and perceived a wretched village on the cape was Ati dwelling in its bend was kauko living weeping that the fish had failed him weeping that the bread had failed him for the smallness of his storehouse wept the scamp his wretched fortune at a boat's planks he was working at a new boat's keel was working on this hungry promontory and beside the wretched village very keen was ati's hearing but his sight was even keener as he gazed afar to northwest and to south his head was turning suddenly he saw a rainbow and a single cloud beyond it what he saw was not a rainbow nor a little cloud beyond it but a boat that speeded swiftly and a vessel rushing onward o'er the broad lake's shining surface out upon the open water in the stern a noble hero and a handsome man was rowing said the lively "And what this boat may be i know not whose may be this handsome vessel which is hither rowed from Swomi, from the east with strokes of oars and its rudder to the northwest." then with all his might he shouted shouted and continued shouting from the cape the hero shouted shouted loudly o'er the water who's the boat that cleaves the water who's the vessel on the billows from the boat the men made answer and the women answered likewise who art thou o forest dweller hero breaking through the thicket that thou dost not know this vessel who's from vinula this vessel Dost not even know the steersman nor the hero at the oars said the lively Lemminkainen now do I perceive the steersman and I recognise the oarsman vinminen old and steadfast in the vessel's stern is sitting ilmarinen at the oars whither then away o heroes whither do you journey heroes said the aged vinminen to the northward do we journey journey through the foaming billows and above the foam-flecked billows forth we go to seize the sampo gaze upon its pictured cover there in pohyola's stone mountain and within the hill of copper said the lively lemminkainen o thou aged Vainamoinen, take me with you as your comrade as the third among the heroes when you go to seize the sampo bear away the pictured cover perhaps my manly sword may aid you in the combat may be useful as my hands may bear you witness and my shoulders witness to you vinminen old and steadfast took the man upon his journey in the boat he took the rascal and the lively lemminkainen hurried on to climb upon it and he hastened quick to board it and his planks he carried with him to the boat of vinminen said the aged vinminen in my boat is wood in plenty planks sufficient for the vessel and besides tis heavy laden wherefore do you bring more planking bringing timber to the vessel said the lively lemminkainen foresight will not sink the vessel nor o'er turns a prop the haystack often on the lake of poya does the wind destroy the planking when the sides are dashed together said the aged vinminen therefore in a ship for battle are the sides composed of iron And the prow of steel constructed, lest the wind aside should turn it, storm should shatter it to pieces. End of Runo thirty nine recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.